Are you ready to open your private practice this summer and make the leap into entrepreneurship? Introducing Make the Leap, our new offering by the Successful Nurse Coaches. Make the Leap is a four-month group coaching program that is designed to help you create your first paid client. Join our experienced lead coaches, Sean and Amy, as they guide you through the Successful Nurse Coach Method, helping you create your first paid client in 30 days or less. Not only will you get access to our course that teaches you all the things on how to create clients in a non-icky way, will also be personalized mentorship, weekly group calls, and actionable steps to launch your business from just beginning into the Paid Coach Club. Since we are not running new mentorship groups this summer, we didn't want to leave those of you who are ready to begin hanging out in space waiting for the next group to start. This group is a great way for new coaches who have yet to begin their coaching practice or for coaches who have five paid clients or less. This is the most affordable way to work with our team. So be sure to check out the link in the bio. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. On this podcast, Laura and Shelby, both board-certified nurse coaches, show you how to make as much money as you want in private practice as a nurse coach. Welcome to the podcast today, everybody. Happy Monday. It is Laura here in my office. Just got back from a spiritual retreat. Slept so much the last few days and I'm just super grounded and excited to to be here with you and to bring a, a special kind of podcast today to, to all of you. And then lately, I've been hearing that whatever Shelby and I decide to do a podcast on, so many of you are experiencing it as the, the right thing at the right time to hear. And I'm I'm really praying that this is the same for, for a lot of you. And it's really relevant to wherever you are on this journey, whether you're just contemplating certification all the way up to our, our peeps making multiple six figures in year two and three of their practice. Uh, we talk about this at team meetings a lot, but in Really, it's the notion and the truth that we cannot take our clients any deeper than we've gone ourselves. And different times in my coaching career, this has brought me comfort. And different times in my coaching career, this has caused me stress. Because I think that we perceive our healedness, our our depth differently at different times because it's always changing. You know, it's always changing. And in the beginning, the very act of starting your business is such deep personal work. It really, really is. There's so many decisions. There's so much courage. There's so many choice points that are heroic that in and of itself create immense healing and growth. So if I'm talking to you and you've just started our mentorship or our preceptorship, you're just starting to do your coaching business, I want to give you permission to accept that as enough. That by being in these spaces, by starting your practice, you are going deep. You are doing personal work. You know, one of the things that we don't talk about a lot is the healing nature 
of deciding to become an entrepreneur. It's incredibly healing. I mean, all like go back to certification. It, it, there's been so many nurse coaches that have gone through certification and they get through it and they don't necessarily want to start a private practice or think that they're going to become a professional paid nurse coach. But yet they say the experience was extraordinary. It completely changed them. There was value found in every area of their life. It was completely transformational. The, the, the act of becoming a certified nurse coach is healing. The act of, gosh, deciding to open your own practice is, is incredibly healing. So if you're doing any of those two things, it's enough. Don't feel like you've got to do more. Where I think this can begin to rear its, its head is when things start going really well and we start to feel some complacency and comfort. Nothing wrong with that, by the way. There is nothing wrong with pausing and breathing and being and not diving all the time. But we hit these little, these little plateaus, these moments and inherently in our bodies and in our souls and in our mind and really in the in the sessions with clients that we have we begin to get that familiar feeling that yep there's there's more work that i get to do and uh the calling to go deeper into ourselves gets loud that's where i currently am i just committed to working with a, a coach for the next six months. And I had been following him for the last five years. I He uh, coached with Rich Litvin, he coached with Steve Hardison. He's been on lots of videos. And uh, I remember seeing him earlier in his coaching journey and uh, he always stuck out to me. And so I reached out to him a few weeks ago and decided it was time for me to, to go into some of, do of my deep, some of my own deep inner work because there's residue. Residue has come up and I, I don't have tolerance for a residue. And I, I let my, my feelings about myself, about other people, about my business, about my husband, about my children, about life. I use those thoughts to gauge where I am. And if I begin having more negative thoughts or having painful emotions regularly, because that's not how I usually live, I get curious and that's the next uh, invitation to dive a little deeper. So that's what I'm doing, y'all. I am I'm I'm going to go a little bit deeper so that therefore I can take my clients and my team deeper as well. I can facilitate deeper spaces at our retreats. It's it's actually beautiful because I get to do the work for me and do the work for you. And I think that's a um, <laughs> very philosophic thing to say that by doing our own inner work, we're actually making the world a better place. It's not just for us, it's for everyone around us. So that's what today's episode's about. And it's gonna be a shorter episode, I think, as I'm saying this, I looked up and it's uh, February 1st at 11.11 is the time that I'm, I'm recording this. And whenever I see re repeating numbers like that, which I've been seeing so much lately, I just know that this is where we need to be. So I, I might go off on tangents. I don't have a whole lot planned. This is not going to be a how to make money podcast. This is going to be probably one that would go best walking alone in nature, driving alone in the car. Now, this is not a productive 
podcast. This is a being podcast. And I'm super excited to dive in with you guys. Okay. I want to go back to or or share with you one of the, the things that happens when we decide to open a private practice is we choose to do two brand new things simultaneously. I am not sure how many places in life this happens. If we do one new thing in our life, it causes stress. If we have two new things in our life, it causes more stress. If we have three new things in our life, it causes more stress, even if they're all good new things. On, on the stress scale, and I forget what, the, what it's called, but like having a baby, getting married, getting your dream job, moving into your dream house, all these really positive transitions are also create stress. So the two new things that you're doing when you start a private practice is you are a new coach, often with less than 60 hours of experience in the driver's seat. And two, you are a new entrepreneur, often with a strong distaste for anything that remotely represents sales. You choose to do these two things simultaneously. And on the tail end of that, uh, you usually are going to some kind of financial uncertainty because of investment. And you're going into a little bit of identity transition because you are transitioning away from answering the question, what do you do? Hey, I'm an RN. Hey, I'm an ICU nurse. Hey, I'm a, I'm a PACU nurse. I'm a NICU nurse. We begin to, to shift our identities. I want to really appreciate the, the magnitude of the newness of this particular decision that you make to go into private practice and really celebrate it and let you know that by deciding to try, you're already on the road less traveled. It already sets you apart from other people. The fact that you, you're, you're even trying and going for it. I really want to celebrate you guys for that. And that alone, that alone is is going deep into yourself to face all of that simultaneously. And we talk about the the roller coaster of year one. Holy smokes. There's no way to prepare you for it. There's just no way to prepare you for it. There's no way to prepare you for the experience of having a baby. I mean, people try. You hear people say, it's so great. I love it. It's, I never knew it was, this much love in my heart, this much, you know, these, these highs. And then, oh, it was awful. It was terrible. It was this, it was that. It was a horrible birth story. I was so uncomfortable. I had health problems. Uh, it's both. And that's very similar to birthing your private practice. So you are going deeper into yourself by opening your private practice, but does it stop there? And I think people ask Shelby and I this question, like, how much? How much do you do? And I'll just share my experience with this. And I'm going to share um, what my work looked like over and over again and what my work is right now. So I think the first deep work happened way before I decided to be a nurse coach. I had been seeing a spiritual mentor who is also like a psychic medium. This was oh, probably seven years ago. And she was really gifted, very, very, very gifted. And I remember um, I had done a few healing touch trainings. I was still working as a nurse. I had some health problems. And I remember thinking, gosh, telling her, I, her name was Heather. Heather, I can't wait until I'm better so that I can, I really want to open my own practice to help people heal. And she said, oh, sweetie, honey, you're going to have to open your practice to heal. 
that the act of opening your practice is what will heal you. It was the first moment that I realized that our own healing does not have to take place before we begin to be a healer. I think that as long as we're doing our own work alongside of being a healer ourselves, that it can actually be very beautiful. And if we wait to be completely healed, or you could take the, the name of this podcast, I don't think I've gone deep enough into myself. Therefore, I am not ready to open a nurse coaching practice. No, that's not true. I think that 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 moment that she said that it gave me permission to not have it all figured out, to not be fully formed, to not be a thousand percent healthy, to not be a hundred percent confident, but to just have that, that longing in my soul to help other humans was enough. And the act of getting my healing touch certification, of doing sessions, of eventually finding nurse coaching and enrolling in the program, that was me going doing my deep inner work me in, in the process of that pursuit. I wanted to offer that as, as a huge turning point for me. Second big turning point for me was the realization that we create ourselves. And this happened in a thunderclap moment. I spoke about this at the nurse coach conference in Sedona last year. It's a great story. I don't know if it lands with the uh, gravity that I, I hope it, it does. But for me, it was like a thunderclap moment. and. I had just had my second child. My health wasn't great. She was three months old. I was going to get my level four healing touch certification. And I was so excited because I, I had pumped enough milk and I could go. And it was, I think it was three nights and four days. And I was just so excited to be, not be in mom mode. It was like my first escape from the house. And I really hadn't practiced and done all the, the preparation that I felt I needed for level four healing touch because I had just had a baby, but this is, I really needed to go. So I did some like last minute kind of barely got my SHIT together, barely of, of memorizing some of the different techniques because in level four, you're tested and it's, you're really learning a lot of different energy healing techniques. It's, it's much more technical. It's not exploratory. It's uh, after level four, you're allowed to, to go out into the world and, and have a practice. You're called an apprentice. And then you come back and do level five if you wanted to be a practitioner. And it was in Chicago. And I, I didn't know anyone there, had never been to Chicago. So it was my first time flying alone to a place I'd never been to be around a bunch of people I didn't know, performing a task that I wasn't confident in after just having a baby. And I was so focused on the escape from motherhood that, I, that that didn't really hit me until I got on the plane. And then uh, I had some flight delays and I was arriving at this the, the center late and they were already in session. And as I got out of the taxi that dropped me off in front of this place with my luggage, my luggage wheel was broken and my luggage is really heavy. And so when I when I started pulling my luggage, it started making like a really loud sound. And that was it. I had just, I was like, I'm done. I don't want to be here. This was crazy. It's too soon. I'm exhausted. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm going to walk in. I'm going to disturb everybody. Everyone's going to look at me. And I, I really considered like turning around and going back into the taxi just because I didn't want to feel uncomfortable. Like the thoughts that I were having were just rapid fire. So freaking uncomfortable. But the taxi took off. I was kind of stuck there. 
And I didn't know where to be. There was nobody there to, to show me. It was a very large campus. It was a monastery, actually. Very beautiful place in, in, in Chicago. I forget the name of it. Old, large grounds. So me and my noisy luggage just starts walking towards the building. And I see somebody and they tell me where my, my group is meeting. And I start walking down a, a long corridor to get. And then I could see the door open where they were meeting. And I could kind of hear them. And I mean, my luggage, I ended up picking it up, but it made me breathe really hard and get sweaty because it was so heavy. And uh, I remember getting closer and closer to the door and almost like I would say within six inches of the door, I had a sobering moment. There was a moment of a break from the insanity of my thoughts into the truth of my soul and who I was. And it was. Laura, nobody in that room knows who you are. You can create her. You can go in with all these thoughts about you're not ready, you're overtired, you're sweaty, your luggage is broken, you're late, you're all those thoughts. Or you can create somebody else to walk in there. And I really think it was my highest self just like done she was my highest self was like, Laura, this is enough of this bullshit. I'm tired of this. Like you're meant to do this work. It's really important for you to be here. Like I'm going to give you this sobering moment to make a decision. And as I walked in the door, I literally my, my posture changed. My shoulders went back. My chin was up and I decided to walk in and make eye contact with everybody. And I said, hey, everybody. I'm so sorry I'm late. My name's Laura. I'm so excited to be here. And I rolled in with my noisy luggage like it didn't even matter. I didn't care. I didn't want to carry it. I didn't care it made noise. Who cares? And something happened in that moment is that the rest of the room responded to her, this 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 woman that I created, this this confident Laura who doesn't give a shit about noisy luggage, who knows that she's supposed to be there, who knows she's a healer, who knows that that she's meant to be there. And, that, and, and to be honest, the weekend was going to be better with me in it. Not from like a, a, an arrogant, but like, a, like a, from a spiritual place. And then for three days, that's what was reflected back to me in the eyes of all these people who did not know me. It was as if I knew all the techniques. It was all in there. I didn't have to second guess. And even if I did need to ask a question, who cares? It didn't matter. Um, it was freedom. And I had created her. And she stuck. And that was the first time I realized we can create ourselves. And now I just do it over and over and over and over again, which I hope gives you guys some context on when you're feeling that overwhelmed feeling at the beginning of practice. Like you don't know what you're doing. You've only had 60 hours, blah, 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 blah. Talk, 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 talk. Before you get into that session, create yourself. Create yourself. No one can do it for you. No coach can do it for you. I can't do it for you. No one could have done it for me, but you can do it. And it's, it's extraordinary what happens. And it'll start to be reinforced and begin to be your new identity. That was one of my another big, big aha moments. The next big aha moment, I think, for me was in certification. We did so much work in certification on ourselves, on mindfulness, and the resistance I had to slowing down because I had had chronic fatigue for so long. And I was barely healthy. 
And I remember thinking to myself, if I slow down, objects, the law of inertia will be against me because objects in motion stay in motion. And I have a two and three year old and I cannot survive if I slow down. The only way I can keep going is to keep going. If I slow down, I will be in bed for a year. I came face to face with some of those, those fears and thoughts, which was from a, a body that was in physical survival mode for so long. I was huge in certification, learning to embrace mindfulness, experiencing the peace of mindfulness, leading others through mindfulness when I had those thoughts, even as I was having them, even as I, I cringed when I was supposed to do mindfulness, I didn't want to do it. I was still leading my clients through it. I think that's a really great story for us that even if we have a client who we're coaching to do and be something that we're currently not experiencing, it's okay. I think the best way to heal is to teach. I do. 90% uh, rule. This is just recent. 10% rule, sorry. 10% rule is, do you need to know everything to be a coach? No. Should you be 10% further in the particular journey that the client hires you for to help them through? Yes. If you think about your life, everything you've overcome, all everything that you've done, nursing school, relationships, overcoming self-love things, diet and exercise, health things, whatever you your hero's journey is. All that you need to be is 10% is further to coach somebody. You don't have to be all the way. You don't have to be the world expert. That was really helpful. Really helpful for me. And to be honest, when we, Shelby and I launched the Successful Nurse Coaches, uh, we knew more than a lot of our colleagues because we had multiple paying clients. We were doing the thing. Do we know more now? Oh my gosh. We know so much more now. We're so much better at being business coaches than we were when we started three years ago. But that doesn't mean that three years ago, the people, the first people that hired us didn't have a good experience or find value. We charged, I think, 1800 for the first group and we charge almost 18,000 now. So, you know, we've increased our price with our experience and our expertise and our results. Um, and you guys can do the same. You can absolutely do the same. Most of you are going to start your practices at 1200 to 1500 for three months of coaching. If all that you do is listen, if you love them, see them as whole, healed, and capable, and listen deeply and curiously to every word that they say, that is worth that money tenfold, and they won't find it anywhere else. You won't find that in therapy. You won't find that in the hospital. You usually won't find that in your family or friends. You're the only one uniquely prepared to hold that kind of space, and it's valuable. All right, so we cannot take our clients any deeper than we take ourselves. When do we know when it's time? I think I said earlier, I know when it's time when I have a strong negative experience that, that maybe doesn't make sense. I get really curious about that because my emotional home now is pretty damn good. I don't have a whole lot of negative self-deprecating thoughts. 
every once in a while they creep up. I'm super aware of them though. Um, so if I start to, to notice that, then it's time to go a little bit deeper. And I think the newest thing that I'm I'm working on right now, this is pretty vulnerable for me to share. And it really, I figured this out yesterday and I have a coaching call with my coach today, with my, my other coach, <clears throat> which I think we'll go deeper into it because there's something there that's, it's time to, there's a thought error that I have about being special. So I, I now believe that the moment we think that we're special is the moment that we subscribe to the untruth that we are separate. Now, hear me on this. I think we are all unique. I think I have unique skill set, mindset, energy, strengths. I, I have this uniqueness about my being that is incredibly valuable, but I am not special. Special to me puts you into a continuum of higher or lower them, which then immediately creates judgment between yourself and others and judgment within yourself. It's a losing game. It's a, it's a, it's a losing battle. You can't win thinking that you're special. But let's be honest. We're each unique. We have unique gifts, unique skills, unique soul. That's so important and so valuable. And we get to exploit that uniqueness in service to others. But we are not special. Where this can show up for me is even with hiring a coach, secretly wanting a coach to think, wow, Laura's special. And, and where does that come from? I think it comes from my dad. I think my dad, very lovingly and with good intentions, told me when I was younger that I was special over and over and over again and rewarded my specialness. You know, if I got picked for a, a, a solo uh, dance recital, then I was special and he was proud. If I uh, got, you know, an A or 100% on the test, the highest grade in the class, then I was special and he was proud. So I think for me as a very young child, it felt really good to, to have my dad look at me as special, which then immediately set up the, the false pretense that I was better than anyone else. And if you think that you're better than anyone else, you'll immediately think that there's people better than you. So once you subscribe to any kind of like layering or pedestals or of trying to figure out structurally who's higher, who's lower, uh, you get yourself in trouble. And I think we see this in society, especially. And the other way that I've seen this is we either subscribe to oneness or separateness. We are either one with our creator, with God, with our brothers and sisters, or we are separate. The ego will say you're separate and want to be special. The eternal part of you, the really important part of you absolutely knows that this is complete bullshit and, and senses being a part of. What gifts do you get when you subscribe to oneness? You realize that we are all unique and not special. Every person on earth, regardless of the circumstances, there's it's, it's like a, a cosmic law. 
just that distinction between uniqueness and specialness creates so much peace for me. There's no competition. Competition goes away. You'll never be in competition with anyone ever again, except for yourself. Hmm. Racism, prejudice, all of these diversity. We can, I, I think instead of diversity training, maybe we should start having oneness training. I think it supersedes it. I think it, if you zoom out, it, it would, it could solve a lot of problems. Because yes, we are all unique, but nobody is special. Why is this important to your nurse coaching practice? Let me see if I can weave this thread in a way that makes uh, more practical sense. When you are working with clients, if you can tune into the oneness that you have with them and the oneness you have with whatever created you, whatever created this, this everything, it can be God, it can be Gus, it can be the universe, it can be creator, it can be the great mystery, it can be quantum physics and nature, any of it works, guys. I don't subscribe to, to know that there's any one way to, to look at that. However, I do know that if I coach from a place of oneness, I coach from a place of faith that whatever comes out of my mouth or comes through my heart to my client's heart is the right words at the right time in the right moment. That my thoughts of not being good enough, my thoughts of not being a good coach, my thoughts of I don't know enough, it all goes away. It's um, a sobering moment of clarity and confidence that can only come from subscribing to the fact that you're connected to the person in front of you. Now, if you go into a coaching call from separateness, then you've already decided that there's coaches that are better than you and coaches that are worse than you. And your ego is going to get really excited if they say yes, and your ego is going to really cry and be upset if they say no and make it mean a bunch of stuff that it doesn't mean. If you're from a place of oneness and you give it your best and they say no, then you look at it as a divine appointment that serves some purpose that you're not privy to the, re the reason for. The roller coaster doesn't go so high and low. And you learn instead of judge yourself. Now, can you be in this oneness, this, this centered, spiritually enlightened place 100% of the time? I don't know because I've never done that but I will spend the rest of my life trying through my own spiritual practices, through my own experiences, through my own sessions with my coaches, because I think it's that important. What is so freaking cool about this industry, you guys, why I love coaching so much is that we get to do this. This is what we get to do. We have to get to have these kind of conversations about ourselves, about the world, about our humanity, about what's possible, about love. I love it. Simultaneously, we get to go deep inside of ourselves and see all of the, the ego's desire to be recognized, to be special, to be better than, to make lots of money, to be successful, to have our mom and dad appreciate us, to have our mom and dad accept us to have the world think that we're successful, to maybe drive a car, to show uh, an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend that we're doing really well, to get the bikini body, to make other people jealous on the beach because you've been jealous your whole life. Like these are, 
that was like a rant to the ego, but you guys know what I'm talking about. How how we can live in that. And and it's it's just we don't have to. And as coaches, we get to just constantly come face to face with this decision on how we want to be and how we want to grow and how can we go deeper into ourselves. I also find that the deeper we take ourselves, the more we love ourselves. And the more we love ourselves, the more we can love our clients. I truly love my clients. They have all their names up on a board in my office. I have them all on sticky notes. It's everyone I'm personally, I'm, I'm responsible for. Everybody that I'm, I'm their coach. If something happened in any of their lives, like I would think that I might be the person that they reach out to. If I can love them in a way that creates shifts in their life and in their practice, then I'm doing my job. And the first part of that, to be able to do that, is me going deeper into myself and loving myself. So that was a kind of a ranty, Laura's definitely coming off of a spiritual retreat vibe podcast. I know some of you are going to jive with it. Some of you are going to be like, all right, tune in next week for, I just want to know some practical shit so I can start creating clients and making money. That's okay too. Totally okay too. Maybe save this episode for another moment in your journey. But um, the two things I want you to take away from this is that if we truly cannot take our clients any deeper than we take ourselves, then we, if we pick this to be our career, our profession, then we spend the rest of our lives deep, diving deep into who we are, which results in an extraordinary amount of love for ourselves and for other human beings. And I think that's pretty awesome. And anybody else know any other job where that's what we get to do and spend money doing it and like go on retreats and like seek out people who've had some level of mastery of this to be around. I don't know. If you guys tell if anyone knows of any other career, just let me know. Maybe, maybe be an actor or an actress. I was thinking about this the other day. Maybe actors and actresses become better actors and actresses if they go deeper into themselves, but maybe not. Maybe they're just superficial assholes. I don't really know. I don't know any personally. But I was trying to think of any other career where, where this is the prerequisite for a level of mastery to create impact in our practices and ourselves. Um, my dad just hired a coach, um, one of my year two mentees earlier, like six months ago. And he sent me a text the other day that was extraordinary about how coaching changed his life and that he's 75, but he's not given up. He's just getting started. And then it changed the way he saw everything and that he's so grateful for me and how I don't realize what an impact and influence I have on this family. And um, I'm gonna get emotional here. <laughs> um, Ed Milet talks about this as being the one the one in your family, the one in your family that cha kind of changes everything for the generations to come. And uh, for a moment, when I received that text from my dad, I knew that that's who I was in my family in this moment. And I'm not sure what other thing could be more important to me. And I owe it all to 
the process of, of coaching and the, the road that coaching has taken me down to go deeper into myself. And uh, this is what we get, guys. This is what we get to do the work. All right. So hopefully if you're tuning in, this isn't your first episode, but uh, come hang out with us. We have a free Facebook group called the Successful Nurse Coach. Come hang out with us. Get on our email list. We do monthly workshops, which we open up to the public, to our non-clients. We have one coming up in February. I think this is going to be airing on the day, the, the, the Monday of the week of the workshop. The workshop is on the 10th and it is me doing it. It's probably some of my strongest work yet. And it's called the anatomy of a sale. And I really go deep into what does it take to sell nurse coaching? It's not just about finding clients. Clients are everywhere. It's not just about finding clients, but like, what is the emotional, spiritual, mental, strategic ways that we create a sale where people actually pay us for coaching? I'm going to go deep into that. I think we have quite a few people registered for that, 20 or 30. Uh, if you can't come live, it's fine. You'll get the recording sent, but it's going to be extraordinary. If you're our client, of course, don't don't register. It's included in your, your preceptorship or mentorship program. And if you want to go to our website, the thesuccessfulnursecoaches.com, we've got a nurse coach directory. If you're looking for a one-on-one -on -one coach, everyone on that directory has been vouched for by us, been mentored by us, and has had several paid clients. And we consider them a great resource for you if you're looking for a one-on-one -on -one coach. We also have a new grad uh, resource that you can sign up for and, and get some great free stuff. So we try to be a great resource to the nurse coach community at large. We love what we do. Uh, thank you so much for spending this I guess it's uh, 36 minutes with me. Thank you for letting me be in your ear for 36 minutes. And I hope that this brought you some value today and that maybe answers any questions you have about are you healed enough to get started? And also, is it time to go a little deeper into yourself? All right, guys. Talk to you later. Bye bye. <laughs>